morning, K2. It's so good to have you today online. And I uh, just want to say, if you're new here, we're just so glad to have you as we head into this new series on peace. And as you just watched in that video, is peace even possible? That's what we're going to be talking about today. As we head into this new series, we're going to talk about peace in reality. I was just talking with the, the team here about one of my favorite Christmas songs, uh, Peace on Earth by Bing Crosby and David Bowie. And it's like, is it even possible? Perhaps we'll see, right? And uh, what I do know is that it's something that I want (laughs) on this earth. I'm sure it's something you want, but we live in a reality, especially in 2020, when there's a lot of turmoil. I mean, we can definitely see that we don't have it at this moment. And So today we're gonna look at whether or not we can have it and how to get it. So I I really was feeling this uh, Thanksgiving day. Uh, So last week we sat around the table just like many of you and it was just our family, uh, but we were talking about what we're grateful for. And I'm this unique type of personality where I think about the future all the time and I'm a very optimistic thinker as well. Sometimes I don't even know like how I feel in the moment. I probably have some problem I need to work out, but I'm always thinking about how I'm going to feel in the future uh, when this thing comes, right? And so at that moment, I tried to just be present. What am I thinking about right now? And I have all sorts of great things to be thankful for, a fantastic family. Even just this last year, I've got a 14-month-old son. Uh, We've got a new addition to the family, even uh, Smile Delamini. She's from Eswatini, staying with us since March. Uh, She's been a blessing to our family. But I couldn't help but like, I couldn't shake this feeling that there's just a lot of distress in my life. A lot of things that aren't going so well. Um, And it just kind of got me unsettled like for that that evening. Um, Thinking about how, here at work, like even working at a church, it's hard. Like, I don't know about all of you, but there's just, man, it's hard to lead people. It's hard to inspire people. It's hard to take ground when it seems like the goalpost is always changing. What we're trying to accomplish is changing. Um, You know, I feel like my best gift, one of my best gifts is just being present with people. And when everything is done on Zoom or over the phone, it's like, there's distractions and it just, it feels like my gift is being blocked in some ways. You know, I'm in charge of all of our, our small groups, all of our Life Together groups and discipleship and my small group right now, I felt like this summer, it was like maybe at the height of what it ever has been. And then right now it feels like it's struggling. I'm, I'm having a hard time with it. And friendships right now uh, seem hard. Like uh, it seems like you know, you don't get to see people. So it feels like really, really strong, great friendships I had last year seem to have like be distant and, and further apart. And, and then, you know, you have every, everything seems like you have to take a stand in 2020. Just not saying something about something could be taking a stand in 2020, which means you might lose a friend on Facebook. It's just like, just, I was thinking through each one of these situations, there's hardships in my family and you know, even just staying at home more, like I, I know like a month ago, my son was asking me, hey, you remember when, you know, a couple, few years ago when you got to be at home more? And I was like, what? no, I'm actually way, at home way more now <laughs> in the midst of COVID. I can work from home. And I realized 
that like my, my focus isn't as strong with my kids. And it's just like, and, and all these different areas, I felt like I was failing. And, and so I left Thanksgiving a little bit like sad, <laughs> a little bit distressed, even maybe a little like a low level or low grade depression. And I'm sure that there's so many of you out there uh, that, are, that are with me. And, and I just wanna say, uh, we have a great team online that would be willing to pray with you if you've got something like that going on, anything, any hardship going on, hit up the prayer team. We'd love to pray for you right now. We actually feel like God can come into the midst of our hardships and meet us in our reality. Uh, and so uh, today I just wanna go though to, be, before I go further into my story, I feel like the words that we need to hear aren't my words. Actually, the, the best words we can go to on peace, I think come from the Prince of Peace. So let's actually go to the words of Jesus. And I wanna take you into the book of John, which is one of the gospels, and take you to uh, the, really the end of Jesus' ministry in John chapter 14, verse 27. There's uh, this verse, it says, "'Peace I leave with you, my peace, I give you, I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It's the words of Jesus. He says, I give you peace. He actually says that we have possession. It isn't like a future tense word. He's saying now we have possession of peace. So if you're, wherever you're watching from, or even if you're not watching now on Sunday, uh, reach down and check your pockets. I'm sure many of you have one of these, right? Cell phone, smartphone for most of us. How many of you leave this thing in your pocket and never pull it out throughout the whole day? Like you put it in, you walk around all day with it, and then you pull it out, you put it on your nightstand when you go to sleep. That is not the reality, right? That, that isn't the way we live with these things. In fact, we pull them out of our pocket all the time. Why? Well, because they have us figured out, right? They, they have us figured out. They know how to make us addicted to them. But even beyond that, we want to use them. We possess them and we put them to use for us. We use them for phone calls. You can use them for Zoom meetings today, anything. And we use them for our benefit. But Jesus is saying, hey, you actually have possession of peace. It's like peace is in your pocket. Jesus is saying, hey, it's time to pull it out. It's time to use it. It's time to put it to use. And, and that's for those of us who, I guess, have bent the knee to Jesus, right? Those of us who say that we're following him. We actually have possession of peace today. So do you feel like you have peace? Do you feel like you have peace? I know for many of us, you, you still, even though you're follower of Jesus, it's like you still feel like maybe you don't quite have it. And I, I think these words of Jesus though are so important because he wants to teach us how to not only possess it, but to actually put it to use. And these words are so important because John, end of John, chapters 14 through 17, they're called the farewell discourse from Jesus. It's actually the last words that Jesus tells us is between uh, the last supper and before he gets arrested. And John 17 is all Jesus talking to God, it's prayers. So John 14 through 16 are so important. And the last thing that, that Jesus says to us and to his disciples is this in John 16, 33, he says, 
I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So what did Jesus actually give us? How do you have peace coupled with trouble? Because that isn't how we define peace, right? Just think about it. When the nation is no longer at peace or at war, right? We call that a peacetime. Or when there's absolute quiet at your house and you're the only one there, you call it peace and quiet, right? It's, it's like we call times when there's no calamity, when everything is going well, those are times of peace the way we define it. But that's maybe not the way that Jesus defines it. Jesus defines it quite a bit different. He is saying that you can have peace even in your troubles. Peace in your hardships. So I know that there's calamities going on all around us, right? Some of you are experiencing health problems. Some of you, job loss. Your families might be in turmoil. Like even in these times, I mean, it's like we, we have families that are all around us that we're dealing with day in and day out. And sometimes you, you can't control what they do, like whether or not your kids listen to you or your parents' health or anything like that. We have our reputation. Some of us are losing. Our future feels like it's slipping away. Our finances might be in ruin. I'm not sure what sort of ways in which your peace is being challenged, but every one of those is a possibility for losing our peace. But there's this Old Testament story where God promises peace to his people. And it's not a promise necessarily to us today, but it was a promise to Israel in that day. And this was right before God's people go to take the nation of Israel. And he's saying in Leviticus chapter 26, he says this, I will grant peace in the land and you will lie down and no one will make you afraid. I will remove wild beasts from the land and the sword will not pass through your country. Now you read that one verse, verse six, and you think, man, that sounds like peace. If you read around that section, it actually says that you're gonna have like grain, you're gonna be threshing it all the way up until it's time for the grape harvest. And then you're gonna be harvesting grapes when it's time to go back out into the fields and plant the next harvest of wheat. That's how great this next season is gonna be for you, Israel. Sounds like, you know, bread and wine will be in abundance in your storehouses and you won't be afraid. You can lie down. There was not a wild beast in sight. That sounds like peace. But then if you continue reading the next verse, verse seven, it says this, you will pursue your enemies and they will fall by the sword before you. Five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred will chase 10,000 and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. What is this even talking about? This, this passage in Leviticus says, I will grant you peace. And then it says, and you will go to war. That is not the way we think about peace. But the biblical word for peace in Hebrew is the word shalom. And it's a different type of way of defining peace. Actually, that word means wholeness. So if you're going to have peace in the biblical sense of the word, it means to have this internal sort of wholeness. It means you're not grasping for anything or trying to fill the void. 
Someone who's at peace has more of like an integrated soul or a flourishing spirit. Like this passage talks about, you have courage. You're able to lie down and not be afraid. That's the sort of thing that God's peace wants to give us. So we're gonna talk about what peace is and what peace is not for the rest of this message. So what is peace? Peace is not an absence of problems or pain. Even if Jesus says, you will have troubles. So he says, he actually promises us troubles and that isn't the way the world defines it. He says, I will give you peace unlike the world gives it. The world gives peace and specifically in that time, the peace was the peace of Rome. The Pax Romana is Latin for peace. Now, in that time, it actually was what we think of when we think of peace. The Roman definition, it was a time without troubles, where everything is running smooth, where there's no war, when circumstances are going well, when everything is functional. But the way in which God defines peace is actually functioning in the midst of dysfunction. Now, I don't know what you call functioning when everything is functional, but that isn't peace. That's actually privilege. When everything is going your way and you're able to just continue to move forward, everybody can do that. But I, I know I want to be able to function even when life is completely dysfunctional, when it isn't going my way, when things aren't going well. Peace isn't an absence of calamity. It isn't abundance and an abundance of pleasant circumstances. It isn't any of that. And it is also is not a lack of awareness. Like I was saying, sometimes I'm so f- focused on the future. I don't see what the problems are right now. Now it's actually seeing, peace is seeing all of the problems, right? It's, it's, it's being able to see everything. And I know some of us don't want to see it. That's how we try to find peace or like a version of peace, right? Is uh, that we, we actually try to numb out the reality. Like, like we go to a place, whether it's through entertainment or actually just binging on food or alcohol or whatever it might be. We try to find a place where we actually feel good, despite knowing that there's all sorts of problems. This is why the statement ignorance is bliss is so true, right? It's like, if you don't know about the problems, it's easy to have peace, Right? It's why there's more anxiety and depression as people get older in life. So it's not a lack of problems. It's not a lack of awareness. And it's also not a denial of pain. I know that religious folks were good at just pretending like everything is okay. But that's not what Jesus gave us, right? He, he, actually, he actually says, uh, that there's trouble, right? So we're not pretending like there is not trouble. If you read the Psalms, you actually see that David talks a lot about the trouble. Not only the trouble, he talks about his own sins. So we believe that peace isn't just pretending like everything's all right. In fact, we believe that peace comes when we bring everything to light because that's when it can find wholeness and healing, right? And peace is also not a complete absence of worry, right? Which is something that we might, actually think uh, peace, peace is an absence of worry. But Jesus, when we see him in the garden, just moments later in the book of John, he's actually sweating blood because he's thinking about what's about to come. He's about to head to the cross and it's causing him a little bit of stress. 
and a little bit of pressure. But Jesus says, do not be afraid. You know why Jesus says, do not be afraid? Because I think there's probably good reason to be afraid sometimes. This is what Jesus calls it. So we know what, what peace is not, but what is peace? Well, like I said, the definition of peace is wholeness in the Hebrew term, but just my own definition, I believe peace is when I'm awake and unafraid. I'm awake, meaning I'm aware. I'm able to see all the problems and I'm unafraid, meaning that I have the courage to step into those problems. It doesn't mean I'm unshaken, right? Uh, we, I might have some fears that I have to face down and walk into, but I'm aware of the problems and I'm willing to walk into my troubles. Now, here's the reason why peace is so important in this season. It's because uncertainty is abundant. We have no idea what 2021 holds, right? I know that there's a vaccine coming. We have no idea what the new normal is gonna look like. Uncertainty is all around the corner. And what we do know is that trouble is promised. An abundance of great circumstances is probably few and far between. What we know is that there's going to be hardship in the world. So how do we have peace when we know that the world is kind of crumbling down around us? How do we pull peace out of our pocket, possess it and put it to use for us? Well, there's three things I, I think that we need to really look at. And they come out of the book of Philippians chapter four. And those three things are, we need more petition. We need more praise and we need more presence. Those three things. If we're gonna have more peace, we need more petition, more praise and more presence. Now, let me read this passage out of Philippians and we'll look at it. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about things. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends understanding will make, will, will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you and the God of peace will be with you in all things. Now this is the truth. If you want peace, it's promised here. We need to have more, first of all, more petition. And so let me just tell you about my own circumstance last week. I was telling you that on Thursday, on Thanksgiving, I was just feeling like a low grade depression. Well, Thursday night, uh, I was going back out to go hunting. I, I was hunting elk up in Montana. And uh, I, I and a couple other guys, we went out and I was sitting on a ridge line on Friday and I was just trying to make peace with God on this. And I heard him say this line that was in this version of this translation. It says, tell him every detail of your life. I don't typically use the Passion Translation. I don't even know if I recommend it for most of the reading. I haven't checked it out that much, but I stumbled across it when I was researching this message and I just loved that line specifically is why I used it. Tell him every detail of your life. And as I'm sitting there 
on this ridge line in Montana, 10 degree temperature, sitting in the snow, I decided, okay, I'm gonna tell God everything on my mind. And I was a little bit like, okay, I'm gonna tell God, but it's not gonna work. Like I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> so I said, okay, God, I don't think things are going great at the church right now. Uh, I don't think that things are going great in my family. I don't think that things are going great in some of my friendships. There, God, I don't feel better. And then I heard him say, just this little quiet voice, tell me more, <laughs> tell me more. So I started walking through each one of these requests. And I realized I couldn't really focus uh, with my eyes open, trying to watch the ridge line for elk. So I closed my eyes. I spent the next two hours just praying to God, bringing every request to him, telling him every single thing that's on my heart. Guys, I want to tell you, I walked away with no elk. It's not the best way to hunt. By the way, I'm probably your favorite hunter if you're an animal rights activist or anything like that because I'm terrible at hunting and I don't ever get anything. But I walked away from that ridgeline with peace in my soul, a smile on my face. God showed up and he spoke to my heart. So I want to tell you what this verse promises us. If we come to him with every request we have and tell him everything that's on our heart, every detail of our life, he will show up and give you peace. I don't tell you that just because it's my experience, but I tell you that because it's a promise here in his word. <clears throat> the next thing we need to do out of this verse is have more praise, more praise. This, this, chap, this verse starts off saying, be saturated in prayer through each day. And then it goes through the middle of it. It says, have gratitude and praise God for all the good things. And it closes out saying, praise him, praise him always. And so start with prayer, end with praise and fill it up the middle with gratitude and thanksgiving. Now, I just wanna, this, what I think this verse is saying is that we need to actually control what we focus on. We need to control what we focus on. And, and what we focus on actually should be more of the good things that are going on in this world. We should be praising God for all the great things that he's already done. Even if God did no, not, not one more thing in my life, even if he gave me not one more great circumstance, I would have the rest of my life just to praise him for the things he's given me. He has given me so many good gifts. Not the least of is the fact that he's freed me from all my pain, my hurt, my hardships, the fact that he filled me with peace. That is who our God is. And we could praise him all day just for those things. But I have a million other circumstances, circumstantial, peaceful things that he's given me that I could praise his name for. So what, is, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on what you can control or what you can't control? Because it says, fix your mind on all these positive things, all these good things, what's praiseworthy, what's admirable, what's authentic and real. Those are the things he wants us to focus on, right? And so what we can control, right, is what actually comes in our ears and our eyes, what we consume. Instead of fixing our eyes on Facebook, maybe we should be feasting 
on God's promises is what he's trying to say. Like actually fill up your soul with some of the good stuff, things you can't control. Don't focus on those things. You can't control your boss. You can't control your spouse, your family. You obviously can't control 2020. There's too many problems that you could be focusing on. Don't focus on all that is what he's saying. And then the, the last thing is more presence, more presence. Now, this is not a formula, right? This is not a formula. The reason why Jesus says that we should come to him with every single thing is because he actually wants to be with us. And I just want you to sit with that for a second. Jesus wants to know you and he wants you to know him. He wants us to be and sit in his presence. The reason why the disciples were able to have peace when Jesus was on this earth is because he was present with them. Now, the reason he tells them they need to have peace and not be afraid is because he's about to leave. And he's saying, guess what though? The the verses right before this in John 14, 25 and 26, he says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. That's the reason you have peace. I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance of all that I have said to you. He says, peace I give you next, right? But it's because you're not gonna be alone. You're not gonna be alone. The very spirit of Jesus will be with you. That's what he's saying. I'm gonna continue to be with you as I go Do you know why I have peace in the middle of trouble? It's because Jesus is right there with me in the middle of the trouble. We petition God and praise God because we want him to reside with us and we want to reside with him. That's that's the truth that we need to get down to. He wants to take residence in our soul. And so today, if you haven't accepted Christ, if you're watching this message and you haven't bent the knee and said, I make you my Lord. Like he's inviting you. He says that his peace is accessible to you today. I just wanna invite you to say yes to God and invite that peace into your soul. But if you're sitting here and you've already accepted Christ, I just want you to do a little inventory of your own soul right now. Because the best Evangelism isn't a great sermon. It isn't a great worship set. It's a Christian who can stand in the midst of his trials and be at peace, knowing that God is with him. Somebody who's whole, who has an integrated life, an integrated soul. Because I don't want to only function when life is functional. I want to function in the midst of this dysfunctional world. So survey your soul. Do you have peace? Do you have peace today? If you're sitting there and you do not have peace and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, just want to invite you to these simple truths. Have you sat with, with God and petitioned him? Have you told him every single thing that's on your mind? Everything that's on your heart? Have you gone to him and praised him for all the good things that he's done in your life? I was reading an article this week. It's actually somebody uh, posted it that's new to K2. He's only been watching online named Sean. And he posted an article that said, if you took a week and you, you said thanks to two things that happened in your, day, your life each day for one week, it would actually impact your mental health for six months positively. So are you praising God 
because he promises us peace when we do that. And the last thing is this, are you sitting in his presence? Are you sitting in his presence? Because that peace that passes understanding isn't just something that happens magically. The peace that surpasses understanding happens when we've sat in the presence of God. And we know that he's with us. We know that he's going with us into the trouble. That's when we can lie down and not be afraid, even though we know that there's trouble all around us in this world. Is peace possible? I don't know if peace is possible on this side of heaven, but peace can be possible right here. What I'm asking you to do today is to actually pull it out of your pocket, take possession of it, put it to use for you. In order to do that, you need to sit with, with Jesus today. So let's, let's go ahead and pray, finish this out. Lord, we don't want prosperity. Lord, we want your peace. Lord, we want to actually have confidence that you're at work in us. Lord, that you can do miracles in and through us. So Lord, come alongside us today. And Lord, I pray that we just invite you into our hearts. Lord, you want to know us. Lord, you want to spend time with us. Lord, you're our father. Lord, you call us your sons and daughters. And so God, I, I pray we'd accept that word today. We come to you thankful. Lord, we'd come to you and give you everything that's on our hearts and minds. We'd sit with you for a while. We pray this all in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, who gave up his life for us and offered us his peace. Amen. Hey guys, I hope you enjoy this week, this season of peace. I pray that the Prince of Peace would guard your heart. Have a great day.